And we're back, and we just finished watching 2011's The Cabin in the Woods, directed by Drew Goddard. It tells the story of five friends who are looking to just do some R&R on a weekend in a cabin in the woods, and things go horribly wrong horribly fast. What did you think? I love this movie. I, I remember <laughs> seeing it way back when it first came out, and it was just such a fun take on on the entire genre of American slasher horror films because they really dissect and get down into like the lore behind the some lore of that of, stuff of like how all of those things work, like the archetypes of each of the of the characters and then they took all that and they made it as sort of like the recipe for something that has to happen in order to say or to maintain the order the order of the world yeah that if this doesn't happen like all these ridiculous things that happen in horror films they have to happen in this way and this order and the reason why the this one always survives at the end it has to be this way she has to be the last one to live and everybody else has to die and even the whole like like growing up it was always like the thing you don't do in horror films you you don't have sex you know you don't you don't be a drug addict you don't be a like a bully or anything and that's those are like all important aspects of this ritual that is maintaining the Some peace of the world of, yeah, of order because if if it doesn't happen guess what something really 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 horrible is happening <gasps> um so yes and and the tropes here are the whore the athlete the, the brain scholar. The fool, and then the virgin. Yeah. It's a fun, it's horror, but it's also comedic. There's a lot of comedic elements in this. This was written by the director and Josh Whedon. And this was actually this director's director, directorial debut. Did I even say that word right? Oh, really? So this is his actual first movie, and I think he knocks it out of the park. He maintains... Yeah. Well, the script is strong. I think when you have great writing like that, you can basically make a good picture. And I think the bones of this, the elements of horror combined with the, with the comedy, combined with just really strong performances... Richard Jenkins slash Brad, Bradley, Bradley Woodford Whitford. characters those, those are guys, amazing in they this. They were fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, they, they really put a sort of mundane spin on some sort of bizarre thing. Because in Office, the beginning, yeah. you don't really know, know what's going on. What's going on? There, it just looks like two guys working at an office. They're wearing ties and and white shirts with short sleeves and I mean, and Richard, name tags and yeah. My, I'm Richard Jenkins. I love Richard Jenkins. He's so he plays that that sort of like weary well kind of guy <laughs> and Bradley Whitford with the smart ass smart ass snark about him and just the fact that these guys they understand what's going on they understand it's horrible but in order to live or to do this terrible job that they have to do they realize hey we have to have some kind of fun with this yeah. or else we we will completely lose, lose our, our minds, minds. Yeah, because in the you cross see, of it, it's it's horrible. I mean, four people have to be sacrificed in this single, in these rituals. At least four. Have at to least die. four have to die. Or Possibly else. a fifth. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I think it. I mean, it, they're not young, obviously, and they've probably been doing this for a while. So yeah, it's, you can tell uh, that these are the weathered veterans, and you see that contrast when they introduce the. Uh, 
the guard that's that's the sort of like guard. the security yeah. guard that's with them. This is this is like his first time doing this. And while he is he plays the part with this sort of like stoic. you know stoic resolve about him. You could see that he is like this this is wrong. This is this, right. there's sick stuff going on here, but it has to be done. Yeah. And that's the thing. You you can't really even what these people are doing is horrible. Yes. But it has to be done. Right, because, because the, war, the the balance of the of the of the planet depends on yeah. these four sacrifices. Yeah, it's. I remember there was like there's a couple of stories out there where it it follows that sort of thing that in order to have this, in order for everybody to live in peace, sacrifices must be made, and sometimes those sacrifices are unwilling or horrific and and or horrific. Yeah, and that was another aspect of it. It wasn't just they were. It wasn't just a matter of killing them. They had to suffer. Right. And that was part of the ritual. Yeah. So it was... It, yeah, this this film is so crazy and... and but so good. So, so good. good. Just the, the layers of it, the lore behind it, the the way that they explain, like you said, like the tropes in like these horror movies. Like these things have to happen. It's almost like this is like the blueprint behind... Every horror movie you've ever seen, every death that's ever happened, this is why it's and happened. It, and it's almost like you could say that all the horror films that you have ever seen live Follow in this, this universe. Yes. Yeah. Like as though like there's an expanded universe of every single horror film and they all live in this universe. Absolutely, because, because that place in the underground had well, even prior to that, when in the beginning there kind of trying to do like a betting pool of, of which monsters are going to actually ultimately be coming, yeah. right? So it's like you have your ghosts, you have your crazy serial killers, you've got your zombies, you've got your mermen, you've got... There was even some sort of like robot killing machine, which is Buzzsaw Blade. Yeah. It, it was yeah. Pretty, any. It was it was just the smorgasbord of every horror film. Horror, there was yes. Like, there was like Cenobites from Hellraiser and... Yes. And, and giant vampire bats and werewolves and just a little bit of everything. Every flavor of zombie you could possibly so imagine. imagine. And, uh, just weird people with masks walking around and calmly slaughtering people. The and and kudos to like I guess the art directors because they created this universe like the when they're when they the ultimately elevator. go down in the elevator and they're looking at all these monsters and that little kid ballerina turns around i was like that is the stuff of nightmares that yeah. is like something that guillermo del toro would have come up with right yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. like when i was watching this and even another sort of guillermo del toro-ish thing was the basement Yes, because it was just, just the basement. The basement with, was filled with all the triggers for these monsters, and whichever one they had, like that was part of the ritual. They had to choose the, the which monster would would come get would come get them, and not knowingly, obviously. Yeah. And there was just a little ballerina box and a weird instead of a cube like from Hellraiser, it was like, a, like a it was like a ball. East, it was like an Easter egg yeah. kind of that moved a, around a, a conch puzzle. shell, you know, yeah, various other items, like some sort of necklace from a wedding dress. I wonder what that one triggered. You know? Yeah, and it's 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 interesting because when you were saying before about how these rituals needed to be performed in order to maintain this order, as I'm watching that, I was thinking about Midsummer which is another really great movie mm-hmm. and how from the beginning from where you start to ultimately where you wind up it's 
hell ride. It's crazy. And these things, I guess, have to happen to maintain that order. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's willing, sometimes it's unwilling. And, yeah, I, they just created such a great little universe, right? I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was brilli- brilliantly, brilliantly done. done. Brilliantly and, done. And, and, Nobody's and, wasted. This is not a long movie. It's only an hour and a half, uh, an hour and 35 minutes, I think it said on the on the card in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it's currently streaming on Amazon and Prime Hulu. and Hulu. So I highly recommend this movie. I think just really amazing typewriting, and that's the write. The writing was was top notch. Top I mean, notch. Even like the little. I mean, it's 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 Joss Whedon's sort of writing sensibility. Yeah. There's a lot of callbacks to previous lines. Uh, very well done. And again, that that. You have your jump scares. You have your jump scares. You have your jump scares, but you have an equal amount of comedy, which is nice because it's not like a straight horror movie. There's like there's like breaks in the action. I don't want to. I don't want to use the word comedy. I would say comedic humor. Okay. Because if you when you start saying horror comedy, you start veering into like killer clowns or, or goofy things that have goofy aspects to it. This was not this, that. This had no goofy aspects. It was just sharp writing, people people speaking in ways that you were like that that brought a chuckle to you, that would sort of break the tension a bit. And and like those points were mainly in the uh, the underground, the base that yes. uh, that Bradley Whitford and mm-hmm. and uh, Richard, Richard Jenkins, Jenkins. Uh, worked in. And the dialogue between them was very snappy or whatever, but every it would still veer back into the serious, like especially when they were explaining to the security guard whose name escapes. Truman. I, I, I wish Truman. Yeah. Well, do you know who, who played him? Uh, an actor named Brian White. I've seen I've seen him in other things. When they were speaking to him, you could see that oh, this we may joke, but this is deadly serious. Right. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put comedy in into this movie it's it's still horror it's fun it has humor the humor is very well placed i mean that that's the mark of some sharp writing like yes you can maintain this level of tension and and mystery and horror and still get a couple of quick jabs in there little bits of quick humor yeah, I, I, I like this film a lot. Yeah, I highly, I highly, highly recommend it. I think, yeah, t- from from beginning to end, it doesn't let up. It keeps a, a certain pace. I never found myself, my mind wandering. I got into it enough that I also, there were the jump scares and I actually jumped too. Yeah. So, and I've seen this before and it's still as fresh and as funny and as impactful as it was the first time I'd seen it. And everybody does a great job. Everybody, well, everybody. Everybody's performance is really well done. Done. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Kristen Connolly, Kristen who Connelly, plays Data. Who plays Dana, yeah, um, she's the, the, the sort of final girl. Marty's played by Fran Krantz, who I think... Uh, Fran Krantz, yeah. Who I think Josh Whedon's used in other stuff. He's like a regular I, for that guy. Uh, yeah. He's used him in a bunch of stuff. Anna Hutchins, Hutchinson is uh, Jules. Jesse Williams was the Holden character, the brain. So yeah, I mean they're top to bottom, and you know, and they made, Sigourney and we, Weaver has a small Sigourney bit in this. Is basically a cameo. That's that's and she's but even all, she's, she's always all, yeah she's always fantastic. And so. uh, they make you. I mean, you you care about the characters. The characters are well written enough where you you like them all and you 
you know, you say, oh, oh my God, this, you're upset when they die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Even the people in the bunker. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And that was interesting too, because like you had mentioned prior, like this movie starts off one way and it just completely does like this crazy 360. And that scene where kind of all hell is unleashed is pretty intense. Yeah. And the other funny thing was, I think the the original the first time we'd seen this movie, when we were watching it, I remember thinking for some reason, I don't know why, but in the be- in the very beginning, like you were saying, you just don't know what's going on. I thought that those two scenes were independent of each other. It's not until they mention stuff in the story that you kind of tie it all together and this reveal about how these things need to happen and then at the end when Sigourney Weaver kind of explains it Mm -hmm. exactly what's going on how the ancients need these sacrifices and all these other places have failed the test. Yeah that was another thing in the story was that this sort of ritual was happening all over the planet so you see and you get like a couple of glimpses mainly from like the Japanese one and they're doing the Japanese horror tropes of the ghost girl with the long black hair and the <laughs> Japanese schoolgirls. and uh, you want I mean I wonder what that ritual had to be because there wasn't a jock and a virgin in that one it was just no little, it was just, it was just little, little kids, kids in a in a school in room a school which was pretty with, scary with some sort of like but ring. they figured out to do the kumbaya sing that song and turn <laughs> yeah. Samara too into, into a like frog. a little frog. Yeah, and so. then they showed like just brief clips of like other countries, but the, you didn't really see a lot. But you could see that it just it, it had unleashed something had failed in those countries. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm wondering what like what the other cultures' versions of uh, classic slasher American horror is. You know? <laughs> or even not even American. What whatever is indigenous to their own country. Yeah, I that's, guess. that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, like what their cultural version of of that is. Like yeah. For America, it's the the whore and the jock and the whatever. The brain. The, the brain. fool. What's, what's it like in the virgin? I think Buenos Aires was one of them or something. Yes. Like that. Yes. Spain. <laughs> yes. Tokyo. I can't remember the other countries, but still, yeah. Kudos. It's just really stellar writing. Very fun. Very original script. I mean, this could yeah. have this could have technically been another silly horror movie, but it's not. It's very well thought out. It's very well done. Again, the script is golden. I'm always impressed with people that write so creatively because... I'm I'm I've always been of the belief that it starts in the story. If you don't have a good story, you have nothing. And again, I've made this argument that if you have a strong strip script, even if you don't have the budget to make a good-looking movie, you can still make a great movie. I mean, that's obviously not the case here. Everything just worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you'll agree with me. We've seen pretty movies that were just dud stories that just, oh, that's pretty, but it was just a waste of time because the story just wasn't compelling enough to keep you. Yes. Oh, my God. I couldn't. Lovely, gorgeous movie. Gorgeous movie, but I still scratch my head over that one. Yeah, that's like, yes, that's actually a perfect example of that. But uh, scale of one to ten, what would you give this movie? I'd give this thing like an 8.5. Get out of my head. I was just going to say 8.5 was my my score yeah. in my head. This, this is this almost a perfect movie. This score is pretty high. Yeah. yeah. It just really compelling stuff. Fantastic acting. Such a strong script. Very creative 
storytelling here. Great art direction, great effects. Whoever did the design work for the monsters, that scene where they all start coming out of the elevator banks is just freaking amazing. Yeah, just, and it keeps going on and on because first crew gets taken out and then, like, the the next crew comes in and the doors open again and, yeah, you see more of that. So, yeah, I just, I'm always blown away when I see movies like this that just really tie nicely. And, again, not a long movie. An hour and 35 minutes. No, it's nice, tight. That's 95 minutes. Nice, tight script. Don't waste any time. They got right to it. Nobody's wasted. Enough enough to know the characters and feel comfortable and like the characters so that when the killing starts, you're just like, oh, Oh, no. no." Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that too is part of like the horror watching experience, right? To be invested in the characters so that when the bad stuff does happen, you're, you're upset. Mm -hmm. You know, you're taken aback. You're upset or angry or whatever it is. It's, it, when films elicit an emotion, that's a great thing, whether it's, fear or sadness or happiness those are the best stories the ones that really really resonate with you so um yeah i I feel like there's really not much to say here i mean again it's it's an almost perfect movie fantastic horror selection if you haven't seen it go see it now it's currently streaming on hulu and prime you said hulu and prime hulu and prime get your horror movie fix Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And that's it from us. And we will come back with another review very soon. Good night. Good night.